come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I am your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your Folter Guide, Donna. And I'm your Polter Guide, Mac. And this week, everybody, we watched the 1986 cult classic, Night of the Creeps. So let's go around. Had you seen it before? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Uh, inquiring monsters want to know. Me. I'm the monster. I had not seen it before. And I really didn't like it. With some parenthetical comments i absolutely loved their dedication to bad special effects because as we've discussed before i really enjoy a good practical effect these were not good practical effects but they were dedicated to them and i appreciated that um overall no but there there were some definite highlights and um i don't know i didn't hate the time i spent watching it but no not really. So, back. I'm fascinated to hear why, specifically, you know, beyond just the special effects. But um, I, I had never seen it before. Uh, I did like it. I think I liked it a little bit better than Night of the Comet. That night, a little bit better. I liked it better than Night of the Comet because I didn't feel it. It felt like it held together as a movie a lot better than Comet did. Uh, I loved everything before the time jump into the 80s and i merely liked everything that happened after it so uh yeah all right uh i had seen this before i'm the one that suggested it it's kind of been on my list to what for us to watch for a while now and i always have fun with it it always cracks me up i know exactly what i'm getting when i watch it and i'm never mad at it and yeah it it always cracks me up and i love it <laughs> Um, so you mentioned, you know, there is a time jump. So it's set in beginning set in 1959 and they lean in so hard to the B movie sci-fi and they don't look back. And I love them for that. Like, I think that is just, you know, there, there's a plan nine reference about, oh, did you go see plan nine? And then there's a later one. You see somebody else watching plan nine. If you're familiar with plan nine, I think you're kind of getting an idea of what you're you're getting into with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the counter I'd have that that was the only problem I had with the 1950s scene is like, did you see Plan 9? And nobody in 1959 <laughs> was asking their friends, did you see Plan 9? It was dumped into drive-ins in disparate parts of the country. You knew you were living in the third world part of America if Plan 9 was playing at your movie theater. Now, in the 80s, are they going to have that conversation? Sure. Nobody, not one person in 1959 is asking their friends, did you see Plan 9? The people in Plan 9 are not asking each other, did you see Plan 9? (laughs) So I had an epiphany as I was watching this film, and I, and I, think it's pretty interesting that all of these night of films like you've got night of living dead night of the comet and night of the creeps that it's all some kind of alien interference that gets us zombies and i always and i and i didn't put put that together until you know night of the living dead 
yeah, I've seen that a million times, but then watching Comet and now this, I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. What does IMDb say with the movies? About, oh, Kenzie? my gosh. Yes. Thank you, <laughs> Mac, because I'm ready to jump into this and not even thinking about. Uh, my goodness. Mac is acting, asking what IMDb says. <gasps> only because I want to argue with it. I'm like, come on, guy. He's, He's ready to fight it. So. <laughs> So, those of you not familiar what Night of the Creeps is about, IMDb wants you to know that alien brain parasites entering humans through the mouth turn their host into a killing zombie. Some teenagers start to fight against them. But really, <laughs> uh, the long-abandoned sequel to E.T. starts out fine, and then just rides right off into the uh, the wilderness. Why are they naked? Why are they naked? Why was E.T. Okay. naked? Okay, I'm just saying, they're on a spaceship. Where are they keeping their insignia? They need rank insignia. They need they need, they need, need department insignia. Why are they naked? Why was E.T. naked? He, they, they were all naked on his ship, too, from what we saw. Okay, why were they naked? Oh, I think you need to ask Harrison Ford's ex-wife why E.T. was naked since she wrote the script to that. All right, okay. I got okay. no, I got, I got nothing else for you because I, I, I just some some aliens want to be naked. Xenomorphs yeah. are naked, just because not everybody can wear super pretty armor like the Predator Donna. Maybe they can't afford it. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I am not saying there's anything wrong with nudity, except when you're on a spaceship, you got to keep stuff. You know, there's stuff. Okay. When you say stuff, you're talking about the rank insignia, right? Like and, and yeah. that sort of stuff. Okay, okay. like yeah. this is like the Star Trek people have clothes, but they are the least functional clothes in the cosmos. It's a polyester onesie. There's no, I'm, uh, I think Frake said when the Bacula and crew got pockets that he was more jealous than uh, he had ever been in his life. And 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 what if you need tools? Like what if you need tools? Like what if you're engineering? What was that word I just said? Engineering. Engine engineering, yeah. I was just going to grow. I was like, yeah, engineering, yeah. What if you are an engineer? <laughs> oh my goodness! So yeah, um, anyway, I, I spent I spent an inordinate amount of time wondering why the people on a spaceship were naked. Anyway, um, and I just went with it. I was like, okay, they're naked. Yeah, they, maybe they... because I love ET, and I just <laughs> I don't. I don't question naked aliens. Maybe I should start questioning naked aliens, Donna. My headcanon is that their society spent so much time engineering FTL travel that uh, they forgot fashion. Maybe, maybe clothes can't. Maybe, maybe it's like time travel. There it anything, is. Anything that's not organic can't travel faster than light, which means the spaceship has to be organic. And now I'm just Babylon Five style. Yeah. Oh no, use in Vong style. Oh, farts. That's not and good. And that Donna. too? Yeah. That's not good, Donna. That's bad. Mind blown. The Vong, the shadows, the Vorlon. Yeah. If they if their ships are alive, you gotta go the other way. Yeah. It's not it's not a peaceful thing, which then that tracks with these things. So yeah. What if the ship has its brain possessed by a slug? Ooh. Donna, that's terrifying. Yeah. That's yeah. Super, that's super terrifying. It's a space whale. They're living inside a space whale. And those corridors they were running around in were its bones. 
Yeah, this is all now terrifying. This movie was not supposed to be terrifying, Donna. And now we've taken a turn. We it was taken... not supposed to be horrifying. This was a this is a horror podcast, Kenzie. <laughs> but there's horror camp, and then there, <laughs> then you're getting into other horror. We were in spooky I... mode, Donna. We weren't ready to be <laughs> feeling these things. <laughs> we we were in we were in horror camp territory with mustaches, and we were fine. We were happy to be there. And then you start talking about alive spaceships, and now Mac and I aren't sleeping for a week. It was Atkins with a T. That's right. <laughs> We knew what we were getting into. <laughs> and then it's when a... Oh, great. Donna, now you've spoiled what James Wan's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> James Wan's is over there going, God damn it. Damn it, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love our show so much someday. So when did we, we do this? All right. Oh, Billy, Billy. Billy, don't you edit a word. Not one word. When you let someone edit the podcast, they are the ones that get to decide. <laughs> Not one word. Billy, you do what you need to do. <laughs> but leave this in, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All so. right. Where were we? IMDb? Were we still on IMDb? No, we finished IMDb. Oh, okay. Because um, I jumped the gun on my my observation about uh, these night of films. All contained. Oh, right, right, right. And then, yeah. Okay. And then we were on Space Slug Whales. Okay. Yeah, we went, yeah, we went to space. Okay. Yeah, Naked <laughs> Aliens. That's right. That's where we were. Naked Aliens. All right. So, to answer your question... Mac, in my opinion, on that line in camp, in camp, you know, you've got that line where you've got stupid and you've got funny and I I guess it's a I guess it's a pie slice, stupid and funny and scary. And I felt like in this pie chart, the stupid took up too much. That's my opinion. There was not enough funny and the scary was just not, it just, it, I just felt like there was too much stupid and it, it, it did, it, the balance didn't work for me. The, the stupid funny continuum is an important consideration in camp. I call it the, the Schumacher conundrum. Uh, you, you can put nipples on Batman, but he better be funny. And if the movie's not funny, you can't get anywhere with it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, let me tell you, but, now that I've now that I've thrown that little bomb out there, um, let me tell you something else that I really did like. I really loved that in this was 1986, yeah, yeah. That in 1986 they had a disabled character. They they had yeah. a, they had a disabled character who was the most likable character in the movie. I mean, he was he was fantastic. He was smart. He was charismatic, um, and he was. I mean, he was he was arguably the best character in the movie and and then he died selflessly you know he 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 realized he was infected and then he took himself to a place where he couldn't infect anybody else and gave us the key to winning i mean he was a fantastic character and and i mean that's 1986 that's that's some that's some uh that's some good stuff there so yay yay this movie for that I, I like that both him and uh, Chris, I think, 
is the main guy. Am I yeah, remembering that right? Spanky, Spanky, yeah. Spanky, yeah. Uh, they're both nerds, but they weren't Revenge of the Nerds nerds, where it was just the easy sort of almost vaudevillian version of nerds. Um, but they, they they weren't either, they weren't na- naive to the point of being almost angelic. They weren't, they, they were just not the jocks it, it, right. it was an absence of some of, of something that might be ugly not the presence of something that is unpleasant mm-hmm. uh they, they seemed like guys i would have hung out with in college mm-hmm. yeah. same yeah. i would have yeah 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 they were they were they were people that we would be friends with mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and oh you know what i actually just realized i was this is a 1986 movie. I was getting ready to say I'm just really tired of the um, frat boy cliches, but this is 1986, so maybe I should. Okay, yeah. the frat boy cliches were. Oh no, they were there. Like they yeah. were. It was they. They did a trade off, which I appreciate. It's like, look, we'll do the frat boy cliches, but we won't do Revenge of the Nerds cliches. We'll. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have most of them played by 35 year olds, but. Um, <laughs> Well, Donna, you touched on something on why I personally love the horror genre and which is you nine times out of 10 will get that diversity of characters and casting. And, you know, you see that. And that's that's one of the reasons I I really do love the genre Mm -hmm. is that, you know, you're going to have a pretty important supporting character could be a person of color, could be disabled. Like we're, yes, we're just now getting to where it's not supporting characters, but for 1986, this is, like you said, this is huge. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in 1986, that was. Oh yeah. We, we, we weren't as big in diversity as we should have been in 1986. So. The only other, like. The only other movie I can think of that trucked in that same territory was Mac and Me at, at this point. Yeah. And, uh, well. Just enough said. Just. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Red ain't here. We're not cutting to the clip. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was it for me is like, um, I guess, you know, you made the comparison to Night of the Comet where I guess, I guess for you, Mac, um, this this movie hit for you in a way that Night of the Comet didn't, where it's it's flipped for me. That that's the difference for me. I, I think I think Night of the Comet had a had a joy for me that um, this movie doesn't, mm. and and the 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 stupid doesn't doesn't work for me in this movie. I, I you know I I can definitely see where you're going. I think for me the the tone was more consistent throughout in this one where Comet has to take a left turn just to finish the movie. And that, yeah. that always bugs me, if yeah. it, especially if a tone shift isn't earned, whereas right. this feels the same tone from beginning to end. Yeah, and I can see that. This, this is definitely the same movie from the beginning to the end where Night of the Comet does kind of yeah. go, go somewhere else. And I had never noticed that. Of course, now we're talking about last movie. I had never particularly noticed that it made that turn. And that that goes to the works for me doesn't work for me. You're watching the movie and it doesn't occur. When I when I pointed out, you're like, oh hey yeah, that's right. And then you're you're pointing out like, oh this is a little dumber than a movie should be. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right, but it worked for me. Yeah, and that's okay. 
and they yeah. and they both work for me. I'm not, you know, I I know what you're talking about with Comet, and I know what you're talking about with this one. So I'm I'm happy to be here with both of them. <laughs> I can never dislike a movie in which Dick Miller is in it. <laughs> that that's a part of my DNA. I will not. I cannot. It's the only true religion that I will subscribe to. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought of you as soon as as soon as old Dick Miller showed up on the screen. Same thing. I just started cackling when, and in fact, I have a note that says, holy shit, Dick Miller. Cause I'd even forgotten that he's in it. And Billy happened to come walking in the room and he was like, oh shit, here comes Dick Miller. (laughs) (laughs) My man. (laughs) So I don't know if you guys noticed this or I didn't notice it. um, But as always, our editor, Billy finds gems of little background information here. But all of the last names of main characters are based off well-known horror and sci-fi directors. Yep. So you've got Chris Romero, J.C. Hooper, which is John Carpenter, Toby Hooper, yep. uh, Cynthia Cronenberg, uh, Detective Cameron, like James Cameron, Detective Landis, John Landis, and uh, Sergeant Raimi. Uh, yeah, Sam Raimi. I, I think it clicked for me on Raimi. I, it didn't as I'm because like I said I've seen this before and I was watching it and it didn't click and so Billy's like oh hey let's watch the credits and so we're you know watching through the credits and I'm thinking oh maybe there's a scene you know because I yeah. wouldn't have uh, known that and uh, which also apparently the university is also uh, Rod is Corman University or yeah 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 <laughs> you're, you're right Corman uh, um, uh, there are two cops Officer Craven yeah and Officer Baba. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think anybody who has a last name, it, it, it's a, a genre director. Yeah, and there's something with Minor. Like, I don't, I can't remember who Minor is, but it's the janitor's name is Minor, and and he's somebody. And I can't mm-hmm. remember, he's someone uh, as well. Yeah, director, uh, most notably uh, H2O. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Friday the 13th, part two, part three, Warlock. Oh, Lake okay. Placid Day of the Dead. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so I thought that was that was fun. Like to me, it's like, okay, you're having you're doing stuff like that. I can definitely I see the fun you're having mm-hmm. with this film and you know what you're doing. So yeah, uh, Cronenberg stood out to me because like that's a can't that's get around a, that one. That's yeah. a mouthful. But then when they said Raby, I was like, okay, hold on. Hold on. Just, <laughs> just hold on a second. No, yeah, yeah. That was. I thought that was very fun. And I mean, uh, of course, it's Fred Decker who wrote and directed this. Uh, I I love Monster Squad, so I also love the Monster Squad little tease because that was that came out a year later in the bathroom. Um, and he wrote House, which if any of you guys have seen House with William Cat, it's it's another kind of campy horror, but then it kind of it'll it takes a nine of the comet left turn. Mm-hmm. but it's interesting like it's an interesting uh he wrote the latest predator movie not prey but the one before oh, okay that. oh the yeah. one with shane black that uh was... he, he he came up with shane black he and shane black were writing partners for a number of years oh okay i didn't realize him and shane black were writing partners all right but yeah i know which one you're talking about with uh uh with the the the, the predator the alien fighting suit that the predator puts on at the end yeah. yeah, they uh, Decker also wrote and directed RoboCop three and has not directed a movie since. Just I, so we're clear, 
I have RoboCop three written down, but I was letting you. I was gonna let you. Take, you you knew I was coming in with that. I knew you were coming in. I was I was gonna let you take take point on the RoboCop three. <laughs> totally tangential point. I listened to the RoboCop three score this week, and hot take: RoboCop three score might be better than the RoboCop one score. Just on that front, Billy, feel free to edit that out. But I needed I needed to speak my truth. I don't know if everybody else needs to hear my truth. I needed to speak my truth. <laughs> so do we want to kind of talk about our how tough it was for us to narrow down a quote for this movie? <laughs> we had a lot. We, we had did. a lot of quotes. Yeah. Not going to lie. Most of them came from Atkins with a T. There's a good chunk of them. Um, Speaking of which, Atkins with a T. I, this is a slight spoiler for our poll, and I remember now Atkins with a T is a is sort of a catchphrase in our podcast. But I went looking up Tom Atkins, and I did put the T in there, and I, I got some kind of Irish footballer. I'm like, you can't even think I'm looking for something else. Uh, and then I remember Atkins with a T. I, I I forgot, and I warned you so, and I've told you so many times. It's Atkins you have. We haven't talked about Atkins for a while, so Atkins with a T left my active brain. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's it's stuck there. It's t- Atkins with a T is is just there. It's just and that's you're his name. I'm sorry, Atkins with a T is his name. <laughs> and you're welcome. I can't remember. I think... but expl- explain this because I think it's been a while. Explain it for us, Kinsey. Well, he's. It's kind of. It was online where I saw it. I can't remember which. Horror message board. It might, might have been bloody disgusting, disgusting or something. But there were shirts made that says uh, Tom Atkins with a T, like or Atkins with a fucking T. And he knows about it, so now he also sells those shirts. So when I met him at Frightmare, gosh, this has been ten plus years ago. It's been a minute. Uh, our editor and our husband, who we love very, very much, informed him that all the way down to Frightmare, I kept saying. I'm going, I want to meet Atkins with a T. And so now he knows, he knows, but yeah, he's, he's got shirts with it and it's just, he was nice. He's a delight to meet. It was fun. So yes, that is where Atkins with a T comes from. <laughs> Let me just tell you gang, Frightmare, I fangirl the fuck out. Like, like Star Wars, I'm fine. Like I'm, 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 I get a little fangirly, but horror, I lose, like I become like, giggly and i can't talk i can't make eye contact it's 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 a whole thing it's 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 a whole thing so yeah that's where it comes from but yes we had we had numerous quote suggestions which i'll I'll tell you right now if i answer the phone i i just want to say thrill me now like if i get a phone call i just want to answer that with thrill me i don't even know why i don't even know why that is what he says but that's what i want i'm just gonna do that I'm gonna I'm gonna take us on a on a little tangent here. Is there anything less appropriate and professional for a murder cop to say as his catchphrase? I mean, seriously. And I okay. I get you. It's a setup for the last line. It's a fantastic setup for the last line of the movie. I get you. I I understand. But seriously. Is there anything less professional for a murder cop to be saying when he walks up to a corpse? Jesus Christ! Tom Atkins with a T! 
Oh. Who farted would be less appropriate. As he, as he, uh, and now Matt comes with an answer for you. Yeah, I know. You said that. I'm like, okay, working on it. Wait. <laughs> Triangulate the position. Keep him on the line. And, and fortunately, I kept ranting long enough for you to come oh. up with a... Uh, with, a, with, a, with an answer, but I mean, for serious, <laughs> for serious, can you imagine your loved one lying there on, on the ground covered with a tarp and this dude comes up and goes, thrill me. And then they pull back the tarp and he goes, man, I've seen worse. I mean, I mean uh, who's up for barbecue? I, I made a mistake and challenged Mac. Okay. I, I don't know if Mac is thinking don't start some and you won't get none. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, puzzle for me. Walk <laughs> around and find out. <laughs> okay. Hey, which 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 Mac do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, I'm sorry. We were talking about quotes. We yes. were, but I mean, it also kind of segues into one of my quote suggestions was, what is this, a homicide or a bad B movie? I had that one. Yeah. <laughs> the one that really resonated for me, because it is so true for me, it is it is something I will do when a situation has gone very bad very quickly, was... Um, Oh God, oh God, oh sorry. Oh my god, 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 oh my god. Do you think it's taking the Lord name and in vain to say oh my god a whole bunch of times really fast like that? I mean, not it's not gonna be a shocker here that all of my quote suggestions were things that Atkins said because I really loved zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies, and a date for the formal. This is classic spanky. Cause that's this movie. Like that quote right there sums up this entire film. If you, there was there was also you son of a bitch I already killed you. Then I like the the dramatic reading with it. I appreciate that. I thought that was good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. you got to get down in the throat and you got to get a little extra phlegm in there. I mean, yeah. I can't really get Atkins gravitas. They call, they call that bailing. You know, just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> word of me. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> And and while and while I'm there, we've got corpses that have been dead for 27 years. Do not get up and go for a walk by themselves. <laughs> that was a pretty good one too. That was a pretty good one. I can't do it justice. Maybe I can if I've got it. Hold on, let me put my pen in my mouth here, like a toothpick or a cigarette. Good news, lady. Your dates are here. <laughs> What's okay, the bad this is as an ex-smoker. Let me let me give you a little advice. Do not hold it in your teeth. Uh-huh. Just hold it. Just hold it in your lips. Hold my lips. Okay. Yeah. Just, just hold it in your lips. All right. Try to try again. Do another right. take. Good news, ladies. Your dates are here. What's the bad news? <laughs> They're dead. There you, you go. You both sound like W.C. Fields. <laughs> both of you. <laughs> the dates quote, though, that is like. There's a reason it's an iconic line. It's in the trailers. It's everywhere. When someone says "Night of the Creeps," like they show that scene, and it makes me so giddy every time I see it like I can't I can't tell you how much joy it brings me and I don't know if it's the delivery or when it pans to the sorority girl chewing her gum and pops (laughs) pops the bubble like it's everything it's 
chef's kiss perfection to me. <laughs> fun also, another little fun fact about this film, which, you know, I know we, we've kind of talked about the special effects in it. I do find it interesting. So Howard Berger and Greg Nicotero all are extras in this film. Now, for those of you who don't know who that is, that is two of the three members of K&B Effects, who are very well-known special effects company. Uh, the big one is Walking Dead that a lot of people will know their work from, but they've done stuff with Tarantino and just lots of stuff. But I didn't know that. And like, there's one of the one of the uh, the dates that's walking. It's like, yep, there's Howard Berger. Like, you just if you know what he looks like, you're like yep. I didn't find Nicotero, but I know he's in there somewhere. But also, it was like almost the movie was almost done when uh, I found that out. So, but yeah, I thought that was pretty uh, pretty cool. Here's a here's a little piece of trivia that I found as I was prowling around. All the humans who were infected, their heads exploded. The dog, his head didn't explode. He just spat slugs. Isn't that what the cat did too? Like the cat just just spat slugs too like yeah you're right the cat didn't explode either the cat didn't explode either oh the dog and the cat both of that just made me laugh so (laughs) because when it turns around it shows both of them it's it's not good gang but it's so fun it's not good (laughs) but again i i love a practical effect even when it's bad i just even when it's really bad (laughs) it's like god bless you you tried you tried Oh, they commit 100% and it's great. And I'm, I'm, I love it. I love it so freaking much. I really liked the, in the third act, it never felt like, um, Cronenberg or, uh, Chris was in a submissive role for lack of a better term. No, they weren't. They, they had, it wasn't even necessarily an empowering role for either. They each had to rely on each other to, survive like they could not run the mm-hmm. flamethrower and the whole thing without yeah. the other one i i that's not something you see in horror it's it goes for mm-hmm. a heroic person rescuing somebody else and they really are both rescuing each other i thought that was unusual and nice to see yes i agree and thank you for the reminder uh something else i really appreciated is even though I didn't feel like Cindy had much of a character, she was really just a pretty, mm-hmm. just a, hi, I'm a soft-spoken a brunette. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I really appreciated, even though I find it hard to believe this is the first time her boyfriend was an asshole, as soon as she saw him trip JC, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she, she was done with him. I mean, maybe they hadn't been dating very long. I got the impression that they had because she was like, oh, it's not forever. It's just uh, right now and that sort of thing. Uh Uh, Yeah, but no, I agree. And, you know, that was that was something that made her likable. She saw him do something that was just inexcusably an asshole move. And she's like, nope. Yeah, I think I think it could go either way. I think either she saw it. This is the first time she saw him be that level of asshole or uh it uh or or maybe he was slightly better when he felt like the relationship was more stable and they were starting to grow apart and that caused him to lash out in directions and then that the the way that lashing out took 
uh, form was like, oh, no, you got to get the fuck out. Yeah, no, it could have been that. Uh, the other one, the other thought, which is not as nice, but a possibility, is that she had seen it before, but those people weren't real to her, where she was friendly that with JC and Chris, and especially JC, was they they were they were friendly they were talking they were joking and now it's real you know what i mean like i said it's not the night it's not nice but yeah what more possibility she's seen him do it all the time and it's a cumulative effect she, yeah she, like uh, she hated it the first time and she kind of hates herself for not saying anything about it and then after several times she's like i just gotta get rid of you you're uh i'm done <laughs> yeah all right. The the other thing I was uh, struck by is there's there's a moment of borderline affection uh, between uh, JC and Chris and and they feel uncomfortable with it and I thought that handled adolescent homophobia much better than a lot of movies of the era did because it, it was just a moment of dis- it was it was like like what what are we doing here as opposed to something like Bill and Ted, which is so likable up until the moment they express that homophobia. Yeah. And you're like, hey, whoa, Keanu, we were having a good time. What you, why'd you have to, why'd you have to go there with it? it like everybody, everybody needs to simmer down. But the, these two seem believable. They're just uncomfortable with emotions. It's not a, oh, gross. Yeah. The idea of of feeling any affection for my fellow man is uh, repellent to me. It's just like, I I don't know how to deal with my emotions. So I thought that was a nice understated moment in a movie that's not going to be well known for nice understated moments. No, but that (laughs) moment that you're talking about, that is, I think that's kind of also what separates Chris and JC from other characters at the time is that they do still care about each other. Like, yeah. after that little argument, then they're like, well, I love you. Well, I love you too. You know, like, it's just, it's just, a, it's an extra layer that you definitely kind mm-hmm. of like. Cynthia, you didn't get in films at that time. Yeah. And it's, and it's just, and it's, and like you said, it's not a scene that's going to be well remembered in the course of this movie, but it's, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. It's very nice. They, they would have been forgiven for going the other way. Maybe forgiven. I don't know. But uh, Well, it's a different conversation. It's like, look, it's the 80s. Because yeah. Decker's Monster Squad, they're, you're like, my dudes. Whoa. whoa. We were all cool. having a good time fighting the monsters. What are we, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> you right. Yeah. I really want to know why there was a book of matches lying on the floor <laughs> of that bathroom stall. And I really want to know why JC decided to try setting a slug on fire. Like there is a logical step missing there. I thought the matches were his and he dropped them. Yeah. Why? Maybe there he's... are a number of logical steps missing from this movie. And and I think it goes back to our initial point of where does it fall for you? Is it, is it working for you? And yeah. if you're, if you're seeking the logical connections, mm-hmm. the movie may not work for you. Yeah, that's just that particular scene. I was like, he doesn't smoke. Right. He doesn't smoke. Uh, the the Like, unless he's lighting a match because he pooped. That's actually where I was going to go with it, but yeah. you beat me to the punch. That, that's it. That That's it. But then, never mind, I'm not going to go because that, that goes gro- a gross place. But anyway, um, 
Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Maybe yeah. he just maybe he just wanted maybe he just wanted to see what would happen if you lit it on fire. Maybe he's a closeted pyromaniac. I don't know. He's a scientist. I mean, he could have been a science major. That was not not stating, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't clear. And and by the way, we humans are tool using apes. Why didn't he use his crutch? He had a tool right there. Use the crutch. Then pick up the matches. There you go. Okay, now I'm done. <laughs> All right. Well, Donna, on that note, you have our quote. Uh-um. What I'm going to need is your standard flamethrower. <laughs> because this kid found out that if you light them on fire, they melt. That's not part of the line. Uh, Just this kid in a bathroom stall with a match <laughs> found that they're vulnerable to fire. And so I need a flamethrower. <laughs> Burn these brain slugs. <laughs> Mac, you have our rule. Uh, look people in the eye every once in a while, which, you know, didn't feel like something that needed to be said in the 80s, probably needs to be said more now. Uh, there are at least two major bloodbaths that could have been avoided if someone had looked up and realized that the person they were encountering was, in fact, a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> a brain slug zombie. And Mac may have created one of the best poll questions that I have ever heard. Maybe I knew my, it was good. Maybe it's my bias talking. Would yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Mac tell tell everyone our poll. And uh, yeah, it, it it feels like there's probably a correct answer to this. And I uh, but I agree. Uh, yeah, I I feel like we should just say our answers in unison. Yeah, uh, but, but, let, let, get, for the for the listening audience, we got yeah. That, that we'll just say the answers before the questions. We'll go Jeopardy style. Yeah. <laughs> um, please, please go ahead. Yeah, uh, Mary Fuck Kill, Detective Ray Cameron, Tom Atkins in this film, Doctor Callis, Tom Atkins in Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, or Stan Hopkins, the dad from Creepshow, also Tom Atkins. Uh. Mustache factor doesn't play. It's the same mustache either way. <laughs> oh, but I see, mean, I, uh, well, all right. I have a counterpoint to that, but that's fine. We'll leave that. Go ahead. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Um, he doesn't have the mustache in Creepshow. Are we, I, does he not? No, he doesn't. I haven't seen it since we did it. So I, yeah. I, I think I think Tom Atkins, I think he's always got, like he's Cesar Romero. He's always got the mustache regardless of <laughs> I, what's going on. I thought that mustache was impervious. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he does not have it. He also doesn't have it in the fog. So it's there's a little confusion there, too. But mm. yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, let's <laughs> let's uh, do we want. I do- can't imagine him without the mustache for the record. <laughs> I can't either. Yeah. I don't. I, I summon Tom Atkins with a T and I see mm-hmm. a mustache. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. All right. So are we doing this individually or are we doing this uh, one at a time? How do we want okay. to? Here, I'll come up with my answer first and then we'll see if everybody agrees. It's in that correct order. Okay. Mary Cameron, fuck Callus, kill the dad. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I yeah. mean, for one yeah. thing, I think a lot of problems could have been solved if Pam had married Ray. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, we had the brokenhearted cop 
Yeah. And if she had just married Ray, if she had just stayed with Ray and, and married him, then, you know, a right. whole lot of things would have happened differently in the 80s. Right. He's, he's committed and dedicated. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely committed and dedicated. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, and he obviously wants to take you on a nice vacation to a tropical beach. Right. Wants to do travel. Sure. Yeah. 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 I think I think he is definitely marriage material. Agreed. Agreed. For sure. Husband material. Dr. Dr. Callis, Callis is, is a fuck boy. He, he fucks so much, he's got to be good at it. Like, yeah. you, 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 you swing the club that many times, you're going <laughs> to find the fairway eventually. <laughs> <laughs> he, know, he knows what he's doing. He, One, even if it's by certain. accident. <laughs> yeah. So you you just you just you know, you know you don't you don't you don't need to go back for seconds. You just no, no. ten thousand yeah. hours, he's done his time. He he's mm-hmm. he's probably fine. He's put in the work. We don't yeah. know what he's a doctor of. He's put in the work. <laughs> he's put in the just... work. <laughs> we know he's bad at marriage. Right. We so that disqualifies him from number one. Exactly. Yeah. And we have yeah. better options for, for, for number three. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, yeah, the the dad from Creep Show uh, can fuck right the fuck off. Is the worst. He's actually he is, the worst. He yeah. is the worst. But see, my theory's kind of blown out of the water with this because my theory was going to be if if Atkins doesn't have his mustache, he's a bad guy. But he's not a bad guy in the fog, and he doesn't have his mustache in the fog. So my theory is kaput because I checked yeah. before I said that, Donna. I looked at. Is there a website does does Atkins with a T have a mustache in this dot com? No, I just I just looked at <laughs> I just looked at the fog like I there's a poster of the fog and I was like nope no mustache okay, okay. no mustache so. in the poster okay but I think that's a service we should we we might want to create for people is is a, a an <laughs> IMDb of whether or not Tom Atkins has a mustache in a particular film. I mean, we already have a does the dog die, so we need a yeah. Does, does Tom, Atkins, Tom Atkins with a T have a mustache? Have a mustache? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All so right. an interesting question yeah, to <laughs> an interesting question to mull to be sure. Uh, but I think that yeah, there's a correct answer. I can't see a good faith argument for scrambling those. No, uh-uh. in, in any particular way. No, no. The yeah. guy from Creep Show lands at the bottom of the list every time, no matter what. Yeah. 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 No, that's that is the correct answer. Period. Right. Yeah, the Kurt Russell one. There, there's a lot to be the one that we did with Kurt Russell. You know what? That's, you can, that's it's like jazz. It's interchangeable. Reasonable <laughs> people can debate about who who to fuck, marry, or kill uh, in the Kurt Russell oeuvre. I, uh, yeah, I, I would question the the uh, the healthiness of someone who argues with our Atkins of the T ranking. Agreed. Uh, that's a red flag right there. If someone argues it with is. our Atkins with a T ranking. Um, that's a red flag, team. Just yep. that, that's a, that's a safety tip from your polter guides right there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Happy place. Um, I will go first this week. Um, if that is okay. So my happy place, which this is kind of this is very this is very me. We'll just leave it at that. But the Last of Us TV show started last week. And damn, is it good. Just the first episode. It is really good. It's been a long time that something has made me kind of tense. And there's the first there's there's a scene in the first half when when things are going. I'm being purposely vague, everybody, that things are going down 
and I'm physically sitting forward and I kind of feel my leg kind of twitching like, oh, what are we going to do? What's what's going to happen? Like it's it's been a minute since I've kind of been tense like that. And so I know the show's going to break my heart and I'm here for all of it. So, yeah, that is my uh, that's my happy place this week. I agree with Kenzie. By the way, I have not played the game. And the thing I'm about to say is not actually a spoiler. So nobody panic if you're trying to avoid spoilers. Um, But I saw the funniest comment on Twitter, which was (laughs) something along the lines of the game. the, The show has already made a major change because Joel died so many times in the tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) In the game. Well, I we haven't played the game either, so it's kind of going in blind also, but that's pretty yeah. funny. It but. just made me laugh. I was like, yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Um, anyway, no, my happy place. Um, about a month ago, we brought, almost exactly a month ago, we brought a, a, a cat into the house, and it has been a very stressful um, adjustment um, she was pretty unhappy about there being a 65 pound monster in the house. Um, and over the course of about a month, they've kind of become friends, um, uneasy friends, but friends. And now she's just kind of a delight to have in the house. So I'm, I'm really happy about our new cat friend. And I was really hoping she was going to jump up here and I could introduce you to her. But she hasn't done that. So we have a cat now, which Yay. is a thing I did not ever think I was going to say again. But we have a cat. Yay. Uh, my happy place is I have gotten back into Legos real hard. And I, for a good year and a half, I had a half completed 1989 Batmobile sitting on a bookshelf. And I finally buckled down and finished that thing. And now I'm uh, maybe a third of the way through the Lego typewriter. Uh, for a minute there, Lego was just shelling out sets that were like, you want, yes? Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that's a very soothing, non-stress activity. I, I like, I like something that's not, uh, where some part of my identity is attached with success to it, but, uh, it, it also still feels like I'm accomplishing something. My brain is broken. That's my happy place. My brain is broken. And Legos help. Are you getting the DeLorean one or have you got the DeLorean one? I bought the first DeLorean one that came out a few years ago. And I I might buy the new DeLorean one. I don't I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Have you seen the meme going around Facebook recently that says January 19th, 2023 is the date that Marty McFly arrived in the future? Four. Most of the last 10 years, there have been, like, this is the day, and it's in almost never right. There yeah. was one time it was right. It was October 28th, 2015. And it's it's driving me crazy, and I just, I just keep, I just keep, like, I'm just not going to engage with that, because what's the point? And, yeah, I've, I've been seeing it all over, and I just, I'm just ignoring it, yeah. and... Every once in a while, it crops up with some weird date, and... It's nonsense. Yeah, if it's not 2015, it's wrong. So A, yeah. B, it was like even leading up to 2015, it was wrong. And even there were several points in 2015 when it was wrong. Yeah. I don't remember the exact date. Clearly you do, but I know it was October 2015. Yeah. So yeah. 
Shut up. Okay. <laughs> That's a good public service announcement. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> well, we're on the social media. Uh, you can find <laughs> us at Beyond Cabin on Twitter and Instagram, beyondcabininthewoods.com. Also, we have a Facebook page, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. I am on Twitter and Instagram as at Callista77. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Dragon Goblin. I have flirted with a few other social medias, but they're just not going anywhere. So I'm still on Twitter. When something better comes along, I'll go there. Uh, I am at Party Apocalypse on that Twitter thing and uh, technically Instagram, but probably not. Uh, PartyApocalypse.com hosts this show and uh, books, blogs, movie reviews, other shows, including The Fourth Wall as the Myth Turns. The Holodeck is Broken, Friendables, Two Friends Talking About Hannibal Lecter, and a new upcoming show I don't won't have started airing when this drops, but it'll be very quick, uh, disorganized, a Criminal Minds podcast. As always, thank you to our editor, Billy. We appreciate everything you do. You make us sound fantastic. And then thank everyone for listening. We do appreciate it. If you're so inclined, please rate and review us. Smash that subscribe button, man. And don't read the Latin. <laughs>